0: to start out and apologize no for not being sensitive what happens is i i hadn't eaten a lot and then <laughs> i know i interrupted you and uh ray a lot and i did not do a good you know i didn't listen i didn't listen and that's because i you know i was angry, hangry, angry I was hungry. I'm not really angry, but I didn't listen. And what I would like to promise you is that I will not drink on an empty stomach ever again. Having said that, I did have a couple of drinks today, but I did eat a lot of bread to make sure that I was not an empty
1: stomach. But going forward, I will not drink on an empty stomach. You guys, I'm very excited because on today's episode, we have Ramona on <laughs> okay (laughs) shut your mouth okay you guys i know you had a hard
0: time editing that awesome that is behind that is
1: behind the scenes magic that the people Mm -hmm. don't need to hear about okay Mm -hmm. we're very excited today's episode is going to be about as usual real houses of new york and real houses of potomac not potomac beverly hills there's so much stuff that we need to talk about outside like related to it but outside of it (sighs) and it's
0: Um, This is when you wish you had a Patreon so you could dig into a whole (laughs) bunch of other unrelated stuff that bothers us, but has nothing to do with Bravo necessarily,
1: but... Here's the thing. But we could make it about Bravo. First of all, I don't mind talking about unrelated Bravo stuff on this podcast. As usual, you guys know that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, people want to hear it. Like, we, yeah. I'm very grateful that we get to talk about, besides sweet Jojo, mm-hmm. who left us such a nasty <laughs> review, but RIP. R. I, I mean, we've now killed her great, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> She's really going to be mad. She's like, first the cow bashing, to then the vaccines, and now you murdered me.
0: If she's dead to the podcast, but, <laughs> but
1: you know, but bless but- her heart yeah but I'm really grateful that we get to like talk about other things and I really appreciate everybody who reaches out to us and always tells us like we really appreciate that you talked about X, Y, and Z that's going on in the Mm -hmm. world so we like that because you know we've expressed this before Arthi and I are two extroverts that are conscious of themselves like an introvert I think it's the best way to put our personalities right? Uh, Maybe you I like the introvert gene I
0: I wish I had some intro (laughs) Qualities where I would self reflect,
1: but I am. You do. You do self reflect. You do. You like. You're an extrovert who later on is like, wait, did I fuck that up? Like that's you. So I feel Mm -hmm. like you know we're just we're very we're always Mm -hmm. worried that we said something to piss somebody off. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate when we go with our gut, and you guys tell us good. Thanks for going with your gut. Yeah. So. On that topic, if you're watching the news, there's a lot of stuff going on on the part of the world where Arthi and I come from. And I wanted to take a minute to talk about it because it's just... Mm -hmm. So sad. A couple of days ago, the United States pulled out all of their control from Afghanistan. The really horrific things that we've been seeing out of Afghanistan is that the Taliban have taken over and people are trying to escape the country because they know what is waiting for them as the Taliban takes over. We knew that. The United States was going to withdraw its forces a long time ago. We knew it was going to happen. I think everybody just thought it was going to be a more coordinated, slow removal and not happen overnight like this, like bandits in the night. There's just people who are filled with so much hopelessness because the United States came into Afghanistan. We, you know, we talk about like, oh, they were coming to free liberate the Afghani people from the Taliban. Which is, you know, the story that the West often likes to tell when they start a war. But we know that that's that really wasn't the case. As much as they said that the war was to get removed, the Taliban, the Taliban have now come right back in. Like it's like, it's very, you know, literally Heather, literally Heather just- Dubrow. It's very, uh, it's very Shannon goes to the bathroom and Heather takes over her chair and then Shannon comes back and fights over her chair situation to bring it back to Bravo. But it's just been really sad to see that amount of hopelessness. And it's a really difficult conversation to have because people want to talk about like, oh, it was George Bush and it was Obama and it was Trump and it's Biden. And I think what is really getting lost in all of this is that regardless of who made the decisions in the West, the people of Afghanistan are suffering and they're the ones that are paying the ultimate price for it. And we can sit here and have a bunch of pundits and talk about who, what, how, but ultimately the people over there are in desperate need. So we have a highlight on our Instagram page that has information about what's going on. And there's also a couple of posts that I've added to the highlight that talk about how you can help with refugees that are going to try to come Mm -hmm. to the United States. Mm -hmm. You can try and work with organizations that are working on the ground in Afghanistan to get the people in Afghanistan that have worked with the United States government for the last 20 years... Um, Mm -hmm. As allies, we're talking about translators, journalists, photographers, writers, all these people, NGOs, they're stuck there and they need to get out. And so there's different organizations that are working to get that out. And what I've seen on the Internet right now, the conversation about Afghanistan is centered around women and children are going to be at risk because of the Taliban. And I think that while that is a noble thought, it paints the men, the sons, Mm -hmm. the brothers of these women and children right the fathers of these children as if they're the enemy also um mm-hmm. and i think we need to be a little bit more careful with the way that we talk about avani people i think it's also really important to not say oh well america should be there because they're better off with western influence because That's not true either. That's definitely not true. That perpetuates the idea that the West needs to be involved with these essentially barbaric Afanis who just like can't help themselves. So Mm -hmm. all that being said, it's pointless to debate about how Or what should be happening there in terms of government, what we need to be focusing on is the humanity, um, the human rights issues, the fact that people need aid, the fact that people will need refuge. And so if you can just go on our Instagram and check that out.
0: Yeah. You put it succinctly because I, I didn't even know how to approach this topic. <laughs> it's There's a lot of blame game, yeah. but it's not worth it. Not at all. We knew this was going to come. We knew this was going to happen. The Taliban basically just... Sat it out, they, they waited, waited it, out. it out, and then they came back. Yeah, having said that, Taliban is as much a religious entity as it is a political ent- entity, and yep. we have to remember that it's politics there too. Yep, Taliban is not Al Qaeda, there is a difference. Taliban is still has some roots in the people, mm-hmm. it's not easy to just paint all Afghani people with the same single brush. Or talk about all Afghani men yep. with the same single brush as well as the women. Yes, it is harder for the women and young girls. But it's harder for young boys and young men too. It's not so much what's happening today and tomorrow. It's the hopelessness and the dread of what's going to come.
1: Mm-hmm. Which
0: may or may not happen. So all we can do is the, the people that need to get out, that want to get out. Offer them refuge, and I know my state has offered to take 100 or 200 refugees, which is just a drop, a fraction of what we can, uh, what what their need is. But at the very least, we have agreed to do so. So support your legislators who are working towards that, towards helping Afghani refugees. That's about all you can do right now. It's, it's a lot of despair that is hitting a lot of folks right now, and it's hard to navigate that. So take care of yourself wear your oxygen mask before you try to help others but make sure you are able to yeah that's about it that's about it (laughs) that's
1: about it um okay so on to the show okay let's talk about rehearsals of new york we pick back up at black shabbat I think the
0: Black Shabbat is going to be one of those scary island kind of you think so
1: episodes that is going to live in infamy in the archives of history. I want to believe that, but the difference between Scary Island and Black Shabbat is that Black Shabbat was offensive to marginalized mm-hmm. people, and Scary mm-hmm. Island. Was hilarious because it was still two women true. just fighting with each other. It was yeah, it, scared it's going to stay ridiculous as yeah. as Marlowe and Sheree yeah. babbling at each other. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's a little bit more not. It's it's a fiery box and sing sing. You know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. whereas Black Shabbat was. It was, I don't know. I don't even know what words to use to describe it. It was. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. I think it's the best way to put it.
0: Level five hurricane, pandemic, and all of that rolled into one. Yeah. It was a. It was a dumpster and fire. A tornado. It was Everything a dumpster rolled. fire
1: wrapped in a riddle and right. trash. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what I mean? It was like, it was like everything rolled into yeah. one. I mean, we it had anti-Semitism, uh, right? sure, we had sure, racism, sure.
1: we had non-binary phobia. Like, I mean, we had it all mm-hmm. this episode. There was a lot of
0: unhygienic stuff that happened too. There. there was a health hazard
1: right there. <laughs> My God. It was, uh, we've also been getting a ton of DMs about yes. This. Archie yes. woman, okay. Yes.
0: Which I sort of when I said that I am always suspicious of somebody who wants to make their religion more welcoming. It feels a pr- little <laughs> bit proselytizing for me. It's like ah, oh, let me put it in this little bow and package that you might find great. And I think I I come from men from a point of view of a couple of my family members being part of the ISKCON you know the Hare Mm -hmm. Rama Hare Krishna group which is they do a lot of good but they also do a lot of proselytizing and they also have like weird hang ups and Mm -hmm. I have had other family members be part of other cults right and they're always trying to sell the religion to a different demographic and make it palatable but in the end they end up being cultish in their behavior and
1: they also end up isolating their own sometimes Yes, the desire to be more palatable to non-people of your own faith, right? Yeah, and so
0: it's offensive. They go too far and they become offensive. Yeah. And so I was there already when she said about Jubilong, but what we heard was even worse.
1: Yeah, so we've gotten a lot of DMs from people about Archie. So mm-hmm. Reddit blew up this week. A whole bunch of people pulled up all of the social media of Archie's that was very very anti-Palestinian and Islamophobic. And here's here's my thoughts about this, okay? First and foremost, if you go on the Jubalong social media, you already know how they feel about Palestine. It's a very one-sided view of the situation which is fine it's a free country they can feel however they want about it it is what it is i i'm not that concerned it's just another organization that stands mm-hmm. for what they believe in and that's fine but then of course archie's comments were very anti-muslim you can go and look them up but here's the thing i don't really give a shit about this woman that was on my screen for 17 minutes what's been really annoying to me is watching people try to pin it on ebony like to mm-hmm. see like oh, how could Ebony bring this woman on TV? First fucking of all, okay? Let's stop coming up with new reasons every single week to hate on Ebony. We've Mm -hmm. critiqued Ebony a lot on our podcast, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. at this point, it just seems absurd that like every week somebody's like, oh, Ebony should have thought of this and Ebony should have thought of that. You think Archie is problematic? Ebony is on TV trying to become friends with Ramona. So like- Mm -hmm. What does it matter that Ebony brought this woman on TV for 17 minutes? Ebony should not be held responsible for this woman, okay? But I also want to be mindful of the fact that, first of all, I'm not Jewish. And I can be offended by Archie's comments on her personal social media and otherwise about my religion. But I also don't want to become fuel for somebody's anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. So I want to be really, really careful about how we talk about this woman and her whole thing. And the thing mm-hmm. is, I have no idea what her whole thing is. Jublong is a very confusing organization. And I, as a non-Jew, have looked at it and said, I don't really understand, but if this serves some sort of purpose, then sh- sure, whatever, stay. It's harmless yeah. to me. It would be one thing if she came on TV and was like, and by the way, those fucking Palestinians need to shut the mm-hmm. fuck up. Like, then mm-hmm. I would care, obviously. Yeah. But that's not what this show was. And I think what's happening is also it's becoming a distraction from the shit that Ramona was doing. You, yes. If you're horrified that Archie got to be on TV for a total... Total of 12 minutes, you should be far more horrified that Ramona Singer, after taping this fucking episode, still got cast on All Stars on Brian. With Kyle Richards, who is Jewish. Yes. Yes. Let's focus
0: on the evidence that was presented to us in the show. Yes. And if you think about just the show and the evidence that was presented, Ramona was. Far far worse than Archie was. Now Absolutely. Archie may have other connections and may have other viewpoints that we are we were not privy to, which may be equally horrifying horrifying for some of us, but it does not matter. Let's focus on what we were presented and what we are supporting as viewers going forward is Ramona. We yep. are supporting Ramona and we are supporting her behavior, and we are trying to reconcile that while putting the responsibility of of Ramona's behavior also on Ebony. I was, I, I will admit it. I was. I said it last week, like, why would Ebony invite Ramona and Sonia to this? Why didn't she invite Brashan? And we have talked about it. Why would she bring these two problematic people to this dinner when she could have brought somebody else? And I'll be the first one to say that that's probably the wrong way to approach it. Ebony sipping her drink at one point while Archie looks at Ebony and says, Ebony, help me with these two idiots is precisely what Ebony should be doing. It's not her circus. They're not her monkeys. Yeah. So it's not something that she has to take responsibility for. If she's opening up her activities to her cast members and the cast members don't receive it and the cast members behave badly, it's on them, not on Ebony.
1: Yeah. Now, what did you think about Ramona and Sonia's dynamic at this dinner? It's the usual one where Ramona makes Sonia crazy enough and
0: Sonia goes berserk. And then uh, Ramona comes back and says, you know, hi, I'm sorry. You're like my sister. I want to look out for you. Well, some Ramona, you weren't looking out for her. No. And you weren't, um, you behaved badly first. And you, everything Ramona said about Sonia could be applied to her. I told you last week that mm-hmm. she was drunk were,
1: too. Yes. I think that
0: was such a good observation. She had to go eat something to control herself. She knew she was going, she, it was a runaway train. She couldn't control her talk and she needed to go put some food in her stomach. And that's why she went and did that. And when she came back, she was all calm and sorry and trying to, you know, rewind the tape while at the same time not being successful with it and then being judgy of Sonia. Yeah. She talks about Sonia drinking in on an empty stomach. Well, Ramona, you did it too.
1: Exactly. I think the best way to put Sonia and Ramona's relationship is like a really toxic marriage mm-hmm. because... Ramona is sort of the alpha in their relationship and she gets to sort of control the space and she gets to look like the more polished put together sort of breadwinner of their relationship Mm -hmm. and then Sonia comes in as like the fun beautiful woman right Mm -hmm. and Ramona likes to like almost you know I think think Sonia feels some type of way because back when Ramona met Sonia Sonia was Lady Morgan Mm -hmm. and Ramona got to ride Sonia's coattails and gain a lot of networking and a lot of connections that's why when Sonia gets really belligerent she always talks about Ramona social climbing, is because mm-hmm. Sonia knows that she was used by Ramona to social climb. Mm-hmm. And Sonia, that's why, like, even when she goes bananas and she goes on that rant about her philanthropy mm-hmm. and she's yelling and screaming about what do you want? Another yacht and stop the social climbing, even though she's going nuts, she's making a good point. She's just
0: I loved it. I thought it was I, going I too yeah, hard.
1: First of all, I
0: would have wanted her to do it at a different place and time, maybe. Yeah. Because Ramona had already disrupted the Shabbat dinner. Yeah, but I, what Sonia said, she meant it. Ramona, yeah. she—it's a lot of venting that she needs to do because it's all piled on. And I—I I think what happened with Sonia was kicked out of some boardroom somewhere because she couldn't come up with twelve hundred dollars to pay for it because she was so stuck on that number. She was like, "I don't need to pay twelve hundred dollars for this." <laughs> I was like, "This happened just like before she came on this trip." Yeah, she got an email from some board that she had got on as a a Morgan. And now they were like, you need to pay to be on the board and you need to cough up your $1,200. And she didn't have it. And here she is sitting here talking, listening to Ramona and thinking, how is Ramona getting away with this? And I cannot get on it, even though I wanted to. She was like, I like the one-on-one interactions and one-on-one relationships. She's like, I can roll up my sleeves and be the person to do the work. Don't ask me for $1,200 basically. (laughs) yeah yeah so i loved every bit of what she was saying about ramona because it is the truth and it's the sort of a little bit of the truth for luann too and luann knows that so luann luann was horrified by ramona's behavior yeah but i also thought luann was smart enough to keep quiet because she knew this was going to be ugly and she didn't want to be part of that she was like i'm going to stay on the show
1: but ramona may not ramona's Worst offense, obviously, this episode was when Lenara Ebony's friend shared her birth story and mm-hmm. her experience in the hospital, which many, 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 many Black women have talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been studied. There's a billion articles about it. You can talk to a Black woman, and she can tell you that this is a, this is their experience. It's the fact that healthcare for black women is deeply inaccessible, essentially, in a nutshell. And she shares a story about this horrific birth story she had. And and Ramona's response to the story is a is actually just a lie. Mm-hmm. Ramona says, at first she says, Oh, you're telling me the story, but I had something like this happen to me with a black nurse, and mm-hmm. I was in so much pain. I was in so much pain that I didn't I didn't want to have any more children. OK, that's what she says. Yeah. So she tells the story to basically to diminish Lenara's yeah. experience, to diminish right. the experience of black women, to gaslight them into believing that it's not just something that's specific to them and they're not special in any way. Even mm-hmm. white women are treated poorly. And mm-hmm. then later on, she says when she's apologizing, she says she's just in shock mm-hmm. that that happened to Lenara. Like nothing makes any sense. No, she's such a fucking liar. She's such a phony. And I have, to, I have to say, like if we fired Dorinda last season, I don't understand why Ramona still gets to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Ramona has this
0: incredible need. To insert herself every issue and scene she has to say that this has happened to her too and she yeah. has she has an understanding of what's going on yeah Ramona what you were going through was pain during labor what Linara went through was pain at 12 20 weeks of gestation when she wasn't being taken seriously and was being ignored which endangered her life and her child's life. There is no comparison. It's None. completely a different situation. And you could not keep quiet. And she she basically could not listen. She could not listen to anything anybody was saying without chiming in. There yep. was not a single story that anyone said where she wasn't chiming
1: in. Yeah, exactly. The next day, Luann addresses this with Ramona. And Ramona, as usual, Projects and deflects, but then projects and deflects by saying that Sonia projects and deflects. Mm-hmm. And it's like a projection deflection loop. Ramona behaves poorly. Then she talks about Sonia deflecting and projecting mm-hmm. as she is deflecting and projecting her own bad behavior onto mm-hmm. Sonia. Right. Got That's it. how she yeah. does it. Yeah, I wouldn't say yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a loop. It's more like a Russian doll of deflection and projection. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Okay, and then Sonia and Ebony meet, and Sonia apologizes to Ebony for her meltdown. And while she's apologizing to Ebony for her meltdown, Ebony says, "Did you pee in Archie's driveway?" Mm-hmm. Sonia says, "Yeah, I did that. I do that. I happen to do that." <laughs> <laughs> and I think she said like something like, "You know, I used to do it all the time." Oh. At least, I think Sonia was kind of wanting to, like, pat, get a pat on the back for, like, at least not pissing her pants. <laughs> at least I didn't pee my pants. I She's just like, pee in the driveway. I used
0: to wear a diaper, and then I stopped. I should probably go back to wear a diaper.
1: <laughs> and I think oh that, that is probably the moment. I feel like Black Shabbat was the moment where I'm sure Ebony just realized, that, like, I'm trying to have – nuanced conversations with people who function like Gallagher doing stand up with like a watermelon and a sledgehammer. You know, like, (laughs) I feel like that was the moment for Ebony where she was like, no, fuck them. Like, this isn't no, going to work.
0: She, Ebony is having a nuanced conversation in an old age home where everybody's, you know, losing their bowel movements. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's not it's. it's a, it, they're more worried about the three o'clock dinner and whether they poop today or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that. It's like, you know, like in Urdu, we'd say like insan Uh banariti, right? Like you're, yeah, it it basically translates to like she was trying to make them into human beings, humanize them. (laughs) Yes, she literally, that's what that means. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. She's trying to humanize them. And that's yeah. what she did. I think she, she's, she was a viewer of the show. Yeah. She came on to try to become friends with them, detached from what she knows of them yeah. from the show. She thought, maybe I can find something better out of them. Maybe I can humanize them. And I feel maybe, like Black yeah. Shabbat was the moment where she was like, it's not happening. Yeah. That's why she, where was she was actually like, has a better reaction at the Fortune Society dinner. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. she knows in that moment not to try to get too serious with Ramona. Yeah,
0: She's like, yeah, Ramona, whatever.
1: Exactly. Did you listen to the "What Else Is Going On" interview with I Ebony? I did. I
0: listened to it twice. Actually, it was such a good. First of all, Taria was so awesome in the yeah. way she asked the questions. I think it is also Andy Cohen. If he wants, he shouldn't handle the you know, New York reunion if it happens. I would rather have somebody like Taria being there and yes. asking the pointed questions because she did such a great job asking Ebony all of the difficult questions in such a such a welcoming way where ebony felt was able to open up and talk about it honestly so if you guys haven't listened to it you need to go listen to it i actually listened to it twice and i was like texting Taria back and forth like
1: what does this mean and what did that mean?" yeah i was i was so first of all i was so proud of her and i'm just so impressed by her because it was such a good interview but give that a listen because i feel like that gave me an insight into ebony You know, Mm -hmm. I still think that Ebony has a lot of qualities that are like borderline Luannish when you listen Mm -hmm. to her talk. She thinks very, very highly of herself. I will Mm -hmm. say, I'm like listening to her and I'm like, okay, you make a great housewife because you have to think extremely highly of yourself to be Mm -hmm. a real housewife. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's probably what was missing out of like Tiffany Moon. Like sweet Tiffany didn't think highly enough of herself to like Mm -hmm. make it on
0: Dallas. She has, uh, Ebony has a confidence that comes through with and whatever she talks about and that i think it may be something that she has trained i wouldn't call it confident I, I i
1: i feel ebony's pageant girl come through oh. i feel ebony's inner okay. Candace, yeah, come through when she's talking about herself. You know what I mean, like and yeah. and, and there's no there's no shade to that because truly yeah. that is what makes a great housewife. That is something that is that you see throughout every single person that comes uh-huh. on Potomac. The Potomac yeah. women really fucking love themselves. You know yes. what I mean. So yes. I, I no shade against Ebony's feelings about herself, but there's definitely something that there was just something very different about listening to her on Ebony um, on Taria's podcast because. Mm-hmm she really took a moment to explain to us like what her thought process was Mm -hmm. when she was going into this and Mm -hmm. i think that that really that gives a lot of light to what we're seeing on play out on the show and Mm -hmm. i think it also gave me the feeling that there has been some shit that went on with ramona and ebony since the show aired Mm -hmm. because when the show first was premiering i didn't i didn't feel like ebony had this like I wouldn't say hatred, but she didn't seem annoyed Mm -hmm. by Ramona at the time. Yeah. So it was something we were really put off by. We were like, why doesn't she like, why isn't she mad at Ramona? Whatever, right? But I think that once the show started to air, I think there is some truth to the shit that's going on, that there is some shit that happened behind Mm -hmm. the scenes that's delaying the reunion.
0: Yeah. I still have some reservations about Ebony, even after after listening to her interview with Taria. I do understand where she's coming from and how she can defend some of her actions, which seem reasonable from a legal lawyer standpoint, you know, like she's making some quote unquote reasonable, uh, you know, defense of certain things that she has done in the past and what she's doing presently. I still don't quite buy it completely. But at the same time, I also think that maybe her reaction Now to Ramona, well, she did not have any objections to Ramona at the beginning of the show, but now she does may also reflect on how we as an audience have received Ebony Mm. talking to Ramona. And I feel like this may be a correction that Ebony is doing actively. Yes. Too. To how we have reacted. And she's saying, okay. So I thought she was offensive. I didn't say anything. But the the audience is okay with me going at Ramona. And I'm going to be able to do that a little more freely. Yeah. So I feel like there's a little bit of the audience reaction in her response now to Ramona. And how she's coming a little bit more strongly against Ramona.
1: Yeah. And holding her
0: more accountable.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yeah, But listen to the interview. What else is going on with Taria Faison? Yeah. So okay, let's talk about rehearsals of Beverly Hills. Now, this episode Golden it was okay, so awesome. The best the one of the best episodes Golden. of any I never thought show. I would say that about Beverly Hills ever. You were really skeptical of this season.
0: I was super skeptical of the season because I have hated Beverly Hills. <laughs> I they were Beverly Hills was never my favorite, even from the beginning. Oh. But the past Three or four years, I have truly, truly hated Beverly well, Hills. I did trash, not, that's why. I yeah. did not like them bringing Brandy on and off just to create some stupid drama. Every drama that they did was fake and stupid and the women were fake and the relationships were fake and there was no consequence to them being that fake. It wasn't real Housewives that we were watching. Yeah. But now... Oh my God. And can I say that I may be slowly warming up to Sutton?
1: Are you a slutton?
0: Slutton. I'm a slutton for Sutton.
1: <laughs> I may be getting there. I you know what? Be- I'm there. I'm there, sister. Yeah. I am. It's- because I feel like with Sutton, there is a level of self-awareness and evolution mm-hmm. that that is certainly missing from Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. The women of Beverly Hills do not evolve. They stick to their guns. They stay terrible. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how many times Lisa Renna comes on TV and apologizes to a castmate, she's still going to be a real piece of shit. Like, there's no evolving for the women mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And one of the things I really like about Sutton just from this season is she yeah. came on really nervous and angry anxious and worried and then once she found her mark it was like oh my goodness this woman is <laughs> delivering yes yes so good
0: i want more of this Sutton. i don't want the jade roller Sutton. i don't want the emotional Sutton. i want this one i think Sutton needs to be prepared
1: yes th- th- this little virgo okay mm-hmm. She needs a little bit of time to prepare. Yeah. And once yeah. she's prepared, she feels totally confident. I think early on in the season, we were seeing a nervous sudden because she didn't quite know how she was going to fit in in the situation. I think mm-hmm. that there was a lot of like nervous energy. It also felt like she was maybe unprepared yeah. to do to film. Yeah. And now that she came in and she did all her homework and she came in with her notes. <laughs> She had notes. That she She just like whipped out of her like probably like like, like, $7,000 handbag. Yeah, yeah. I have notes
0: here. Oh,
1: (laughs) beautiful. So this episode, Mm -hmm. we open up back at Dorit's house Uh where Sutton had requested a team meeting without Erica. And she really just goes in and she's like, look, I read the article and I asked my lawyer friends. And I'm Mm -hmm. concerned that we're all going to get roped into something by just being on the show with her.
0: I loved how everybody was like, "You talked to a lawyer," and then they're like, "Slowly, yeah." And didn't you? And then slowly, uh, you know, Kyle says, "I did talk to my friend Fair's Fre- husband, who's also a lawyer." Yeah, like, all, yes, you consulted a lawyer. They're such lawyer. Lo- they're such liars. He you- says, "I did consult with somebody," <laughs> which
1: literally meant PK and Boy George. No, well, <laughs> well, that's later on, right? So this is at this meeting. Sutton has basically felt like she has convinced all of them. To be on her side, yeah. And sweet Sutton, this is where she got duped by the Fox, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. because they were like, "Yes, yes, I think you're totally right." Doree and Sutton are, I, they're, they're like, mm-hmm. we see each other. They're yeah. high fiving across. Doree is like, I yeah. am horrified. This yeah. is terrible. Kyle is like, they're having these super animated, intense reactions like we did when we all read the articles and the only person who doesn't say that she's on their side is obviously Lisa Rinna because she's a fucking Mm -hmm. snake here's here's what I think happened Sutton said I have concerns I love that yeah here's what I think happened (laughs) Sutton said I have concerns I don't know if Uh we should film with her and Kyle and Dorit were like well shouldn't we have a conversation with her and just ask her if these things Mm -hmm. are true or not right Mm -hmm. we should have the conversation and Mm -hmm. Lisa is quietly just listening and then they convince somehow Kyle and Derek convince Sutton that Sutton mm-hmm. needs to be the one to ask all these questions at yeah. the dinner that they see. And they're yeah. like, you're going to ask, right? And Lisa's yeah. like, would you say this to her face? And she's like, oh yeah, I would say yeah. this to her face. Yeah. And they're like, great. Look guys, she's going to say it to her face. She's going to do the work for us. Yeah. Then they leave and yeah. you fucking know Lisa fucking Rinna with her big ass lips Mm -hmm. immediately called up erica and said guess what bitch you're about to be ambushed at kyle's dinner come prepared and sutton is going to slay you and then what happens at kyle's dinner there's table settings kyle put them together why did kyle seat sutton right next to erica she knew that uh, sutton
0: was going to confront erica and she didn't even put her across from her did she she put
1: them right next to each other right next to her right next to her Sutton is super smart because Sutton Mm -hmm. picks up on the fact that she believes that Erica is selling the same story to the cast and to the audience.
0: Everything that you and I have talked about. Every little thing.
1: She said because she's not an idiot. Because she's opened her eyes and her ears and she read the damn article. And like by the time they get to the dinner, Kyle is like, I didn't read anything. I don't know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's like, bitch, you were filmed at Lake Tahoe when you're all sitting around and you constantly keep opening up your phone and bringing shit up mm-hmm. and talking mm-hmm. about it. And Dorit somehow already knows about it by the time mm-hmm. that yeah. it comes up.
0: Kyle thinks that if she says she did not hear it, then um she can just hand wave and say, I didn't know enough to say anything. And yes. I just gave her benefit of the doubt because she was my friend.
1: And then Kyle does this thing where she just keeps saying, I feel so bad. Yeah. I feel bad. And it's mm-hmm. how she feigns concern about somebody while also drying them down. Right. Now, the, the Christmas dinner happens um, mm-hmm. and Erica shows up. She walks in and she's saying hi to everybody and then Sutton very dramatically is like, it is great to see everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Like a- Doreen, ba- Doreen, Doreen barely gets into the house. She okay. gets locked out. She this, couldn't even handle the door.
1: This woman. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Now, Erica is tired and overwhelmed, she says. Yeah. She says that there's more to come. And Sutton gets right into it. Mm-hmm. And she says right away, one of my concerns is that you told us that he's been sick for since the last three years. Mm-hmm. But this lawsuit has been happening for the last 10 years. Yeah. Even Crystal is like, yeah, that's also my concern as well, because that's what you said that all this happened because of the accident but the accident isn't. There's nothing. Also, there was the writers for the LA Times that dropped this article. They were on Kate Casey's podcast and Uh I heard a clip of it and they said that they did a search of Uh the accident that they're talking about Tom being in and there's no record of that accident. What? There's no record of an accident like that happening where potentially maybe an ambulance would have been called or an insurance claim would have been filed for a car, Mm -hmm. something like that. There was none of that. So it's possible that this accident didn't even happen.
0: Yeah. And Sutton picks up on it and says, how is it that Erica's story is exactly the same as Tom's lawyer's story? They must have talked.
1: Let's follow the timeline of the story that Mm -hmm. Erica is telling us, even Mm -hmm. on the show, right? So Mm -hmm. when she first came on the show, she said, you know, we've been home and we've been spending a lot of time together. We're closer Mm -hmm. than ever. Mm -hmm. He works so hard all the time. He's so supportive of me. Yeah. then she divorces him out of the blue out of the blue and she comes in and she tells the women oh it's been a miserable 20 years and he's mm-hmm. so mean to me and he's so snappy and you guys don't know how hard it is and he's so mm-hmm. mean and she says to them oh i haven't talked to him because once you walk out of tom girardi's life like he's mm-hmm. he'll cut you right off he's never yeah. talks to me i know i'll never hear from him again she literally says i'll she never says hear that, from him again yeah yeah. Then, by the time they get to Tahoe, she's now crying and sobbing. She's cried and sobbed at the park. And now she's telling the story of, he had these affairs, he's yeah. mentally declining, and I can't do anything about it because even though I care so much for him, he just doesn't want to listen to me. So now she's told the story of him being so cold all this time and being so harsh on her and being such a difficult person always in the relationship and being controlling Mm-hmm. to he's mentally unstable and I can't mm-hmm. get any answers out of him and I'm so concerned about him. And she keeps talking about the divorce. We've always brought this up. She keeps bringing up the divorce. Mm-hmm. And then she drops this sing in Tahoe by accident. It's a hot mic mm-hmm. moment where she says, mm-hmm. he calls me all the time. And he says, yeah. are you sure? Are you sure? So now it's changed from he cuts you off. He never talks to you. He he's will cold. never
0: call me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To he calls me all the time. And by the time the article comes out mm-hmm. and she's seeing these women, Erica knows that she's fucked because Mm -hmm. what she was trying to sell them was a story of I'm leaving my husband Mm -hmm. because he's mentally unstable and because he's so cold to be around Mm -hmm. to oh shit I've been named in an article I've been I've been named in a lawsuit and I'm being sued for potentially doing shit that this man who I've been talking about for the last however many weeks for the shit that this man has done the scattered information and this is just like we what we have picked up from the show. Yeah. I can imagine she said a million other things in real life with these women in to person. To different groups of the women. To different to, like, groups of different the women. To
0: different women. And now they're comparing notes and nothing is adding up. Everything feels fake. You don't know what's real. So why would they? Why would anybody in their right mind support Erica if they know that, A, she's not sharing anything with them that's honest for whatever reason. Maybe it's the legal stuff and she doesn't want to share, whatever. But also, she's actively lying and she is actively lying to benefit her criminal husband.
1: Yes, exactly. And then God bless us for being given the gift of Garcelle. She was queen. When she says... When Dorit's like, oh, I don't mean to pry. We shouldn't pry. Yeah. And then Garcelle says, that's not what you said the other night. Yeah. I was like, oh, I gasped. Yeah. I gasped. I barely, I, like, oh. I barely caught it
0: because she said it so under her breath. It's like, that's not what you said last night. And, and she then said she it repeated so it. Yeah. she said, yeah, because Dorit stopped and looked at her and she's like, that's not what you said last night.
1: Yeah. I loved it. And Doree then begins to explain herself, but she begins mm-hmm. to explain herself by first throwing Sutton in the bus. She's like, yeah. okay, yes, well, we did meet at our house. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. because Sutton asked us to meet at our house. Mm-hmm. And then first Rana says, I don't know, Sutton, you're not saying the stuff that you were saying the other night. Right. So then Sun starts to explain herself. And as she's explaining herself, everybody starts interrupting. They don't let her yeah. explain herself. And she has to say, What about the $20 million elephant in the room? So yeah. she starts to ask these questions. And then Rina and Dari are like, I'm a little uncomfortable about everything that's going on here. Yeah. And you know we what don't I love is that detail question. Yeah. Like,
0: but isn't that what you discussed? That you would ask details? Yeah. Y- they set her up. Right? There is one number that we know for a fact. 20 million dollars that erica is connected to yeah the very least erica can do is be honest about that
1: can she be honest about that one thing that we know she's connected to she cannot she couldn't she couldn't because erica basically has nothing to say about it of course dorit kyle and rena don't own any of it Mm -hmm. and if you notice about erica the more lies she tells the lower her voice gets (laughs) yes She just takes, like, you made a good point of this. Yeah. And And then slow
0: and deliberate. And it's all been um, practiced with lawyers. Yes. As as Kathy quietly puts it, it's good practice.
1: (laughs) And then she says, I haven't been accused of anything. Erica says, I haven't been accused of anything. Bitch, you've been sued. You're named in the lawsuit. Yeah, your name is in the lawsuit. That means you've been accused of something. Yes. That means that (laughs) you're in cahoots, bitch. Yes. And then Garcelle, of course, is the only one who actually Mm -hmm. brings up something that's really important. First, she brings up, of course, the victims, which nobody talks about. And it's after she brings up the victims that everybody's like, no, of course, yes, we care about victims. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Uh, Kyle's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I care about victims. Kyle, shut yeah. the fuck up. Kyle has yeah. no fucking spine. Okay, mm-hmm. none. Yeah,
0: and it was the best part of it was everybody was saying that the other person didn't have a spine on them. Yeah, like it was. Rina was saying Sutton doesn't have a spine. Dorid, and Sutton was saying Dorit doesn't have a spine. Kyle doesn't have a spine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, The only one with the stiff spine was (laughs)
1: Grissel. She was great. I love that she started off by, I'm just going to be 100 because that's just who I am. Yeah. (laughs) But she also brings up a really great point, which is she's suspicious of Erica's stories because there's a lack of anger against Tom. Like Mm -hmm. we've heard Garcelle talk about her ex-husband and getting Mm -hmm. cheated on and sending this email Mm -hmm. out to this everybody they know and telling them how he's a cheater and all this shit. Like that's the thing Garcelle is looking for. She's like, that's missing. You're trying to teach us, you're trying to tell us a compassionate story about Tom, about a guy who Mm -hmm. has been in mental decline for the last three years. And that's why he's now been making all these mistakes and somehow $20 million go missing, right? Garcelle is essentially suspicious of Erica's inability to say, I'm mad and he dragged me into it. Which is what we've said, right? We've said, Mm -hmm. like, if Erica was to come on and say, fuck Tom for doing this to me, and I have no idea what's going on, but we just Mm -hmm. need to make sure that the compensation gets to the victims. Which, by Mm -hmm. the way, she says on this episode, but guess what? After
0: everybody stares at her
1: for, like, long time,
0: and there's a long pause, and everybody's looking at her, and
1: she's like, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, she's, she Mm -hmm. really cares about the victims, but guess what? She's also trying to fight in court, where mm-hmm. the victims can't actually Correct. go after her money. Mm-hmm. So no, she doesn't give a shit about the victim. She only cares yeah. about herself. I love that Garcelle was like, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, It's yeah. only the victims that matter.
0: I wonder if, you know how Erica had that fake scene uh, with um, Kyle where she was like crying and yes. her mascara was running. I wonder if she had had that scene with Garcelle, if Garcelle would have been a little bit more confused. I think because she didn't have that, Garcelle was like, she hasn't seen Erica cry. She no. doesn't know that. So
1: is like, that's not what you're presenting to us. We don't know what's happening. She's very, again, she's very cold about how she is dealing mm-hmm. with this. And mm-hmm. I will say at some point during the dinner, as they keep asking Erica questions and Erica's answering, to some degree, I did get the sense of like, Erica is clearly being told what to say by Tom's mm-hmm. lawyers and you can tell that to some degree she's very strained by it did you get that sense where she was yeah, like she
0: is tired she looks tired and she looks haggard could yeah. be makeup but also the, or lack of it but also um, she is it must be stressful to be listening to all these lawyers telling strategizing on a daily basis of what she can and should say A to protect herself but also to protect Tom and protect the money and all of that right so she's fighting for her livelihood life I guess in her own way and so that must be stressful but I don't have any pity for her because she doesn't have any remorse or um, any pity or any empathy or sympathy for the victims I mean Garcelle tells her where she's coming from she talks about her sister and what's happening and not one of them empathizes with what Garcelle is going through and they don't say oh we understand why you're saying." That we don't we understand how you Must feel that sounds horrible none of that
1: This is one instance where I wish That we really had Lisa Vanderpump Right I because- don't know
0: I, mm, let me think. I don't know. I don't think any of the other Beverly Hills women would have cared enough. Lisa has her own issues. Lisa is, you know, she has her own shady position. Oh, she has her own lawsuits.
1: Never mind. Yeah, yeah. So she's not (laughs) going to be sympathetic. She's going to be like. No, not sympathetic, but just like to to be teamed up, you know, to like be somebody's team. So I do think that – but next episode, they're going to try to comfort Garcelle. As usual, you know what, guys? The Beverly Hills women, they always go after the wrong person, and then they get fried on social media. What Mm. I'm really excited about is obviously next season, God willing, inshallah, Erica's in jail, and – dory and fucking stupid ass lisa Rena have to kiss garcelle and sutton's asses to try to stay mm-hmm. on the show you know erica you know kyle's gonna turn in a second kyle's already halfway there her confessionals Do you think is
0: gonna stay through this show and the next one she's gonna come back i feel like christelle is taking a backseat now she's, she's been on like, watch what happens twice yeah but she's also taking a backseat when it comes to all of this um, erica stuff she sits on the sidelines uh, the thing that bothered her was that she gave a lot of sympathy and she talked about her father and she thinks that she has been misled on along those lines but she's also very 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 much like Sutton but she takes it a, uh, you know she's like I'm just gonna sit here and not say much
1: here's my thing about Crystal mm-hmm. okay I, I really enjoy her so far but this episode do you know why I got really turned off by her mm-hmm She's apparently besties with Teddy.
0: Oh my God. I had blocked that whole thing that Teddy was even there. And now you brought it up. Ew, I'm sorry. Oh, ugh, ugh.
1: So, like, Crystal, I love you on the show, but please explain yourself yeah. about Teddy Bellingham. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, oh, shoot, But what I an episode. It was just truly an amazing episode. We do have to say, hafiz. see you later mm-hmm. to Rehassas of Dallas. <gasps> yes. Apparently yeah. they're on the same type of pause as Dorinda. They're on the same <laughs> pause as Rosas of Miami.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I just want Chris. Uh, I just want uh, you know our favorite Tiffany to come back in some show. Tiffany moved to New York or something, or moved to Beverly Hills now. <laughs> yeah, she
1: should. Mo- she needs to become city. <laughs> yeah. To, honestly, I'd even love her in New Jersey. Yeah. I take her to Rails.
0: Yeah. She can come to Potomac. She can be the the first Chinese woman. Potomac. Yeah, she
1: could. She could yeah. definitely.
0: Yeah, she wouldn't fit in with the rest of the. I don't know. Crazy. I feel like she would. I don't know. I don't think
1: that would be the best fit for her. New York, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I would just love to see Tiffany and Wendy just, like, talking, outsmarting I want the rest Tiffany of these dumbies. Fl-
0: I want Tiffany to be a floating housewife. How about that? <gasps> yeah, like, like a doctor. Every-
1: yeah. <laughs> like Doctors Without Borders, except Housewives Without Borders. <laughs> <laughs> Show up to any and every uh, franchise and just, you know, be there. Apparently there was a picture of Crystal and Kathy and that um, I forgot her name Christine from Bling Empire. Oh yeah. yeah, I started watching White Lotus. Have you watched it on HBO? No, I have to. It's it's blowing up my uh, my you know all my social media. That <laughs> there is a woman on it uh, who is like fully Kathy Hilton. Oh. Hold on. I have to then. Yeah. yeah, it's um. Hold on, and and there's so many videos of people like now putting the White Lotus music on Kathy Hilton doing stuff, but <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge, who know you oh. know who always plays yeah. like a great ditzy blonde, yeah. 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 she plays a character who I think is like the perfect amalgamation of like Sonia Morgan and Kathy Hilton, and it's amazing. But yeah, that's what I've been binging. Okay, listen, I know every episode we talk about our Patreon. <laughs> But we are gonna set up our Patreon very very soon before the month ends. Okay. Oh, that's like next week. Yeah, and um, but I want to ask a poll because yeah, we're gonna put on a couple of different tiers. There is gonna be a bonus episode tier, and. I'd like to ask, because I've never seen Real Housewives of Miami in completion, and I know that it is coming back. I've also never seen Real Housewives of Melbourne, which I know is your <gasps> Melbourne! favorite. Melbourne, Yes, okay. It's my so I'm going to ask our listeners, if we were to do a Patreon, okay, please, you know what? You can let us know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we will mm-hmm. look at it there, but you can also just DM us and let mm-hmm. us know what you would like us to talk about on our bonus episode. Should we talk about just ourselves? Should we talk about Rehauses of Miami? Or should we talk about Rehauses of Melbourne? Let us know. See, now I mean it. I'm talking about the Patreon because I mean it. It's almost up. We're going to have like five or six cheers. Okay. Okay, guys. But that's it for this episode. And then we'll talk to you on Wednesday about Potomac and Shaws of Sunset Reunion Part 1.